Welcome back to Listen Up Podcast at Grace Christian University. Hey, welcome back to the Listen Up Podcast. We are so glad that you chose to listen (laughs) up today. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm tired. You are tired. (laughs) Very tired. I'm tired as well. I'm too tired, like a bicycle. Oh my gosh, get off the dead jokes. <laughs> shut them down right now. <laughs> Sorry. I will shut them down right now. Go We're ahead. going into our flashback of 50 seconds. Yeah, we are. I'm ready so, so in the next 50 seconds, I will have to give an accurate depiction of the past week in terms of events and things that happened on campus um, before it hits 50 seconds. Um, and... Gabby, will you go eh, 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 once it gets to 50? <laughs> will do. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Uh, I have my trusty phone here because I don't remember everything. Here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. So on Mondays at 4 o'clock, there's the Lazy Book Club in the tour room. Um, but this week was missions conference all week long. On Tuesday night, there was a movie called The Ends of the Earth that played. Uh, Cultural Potluck was on Thursday. Uh, I ate some fried chicken. It was really good. Um, Missions Week coffee event uh, was awesome. A lot of people talked to missionaries throughout the week and got coffee. Uh, Advising Day is next Tuesday. There's no classes. And then Ladies Surfing Trip is next Mm -hmm. Tuesday at 1 o'clock. You can depart from the commons at 1. And there's a sign-up somewhere. There's email. Becky will send out an email. email. I'm done. <laughs> Easy. 40-something. Wow. Killing it. I impressed myself. Humble. <laughs> okay. Okay, coming up next, we have the student connection question for the week. So this week's student connection question was, what was your dream job as a kid? So I'm going to look at some of these responses here. Bethany underscore Meyer 17 says interior decorator for castles. That's very specific. (laughs) Different shades of suits of armor. I don't Mm. know. Feng shui. Um, Nate Baller said a lawyer. An RA is pretty similar. Uh, Courtney Grafizzle said being a missionary. Uh, Hannah M. Jones said a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And Maddie Hoker said, I wanted to be a cat when I grew up. <laughs> I hope you succeed in that. <laughs> <laughs> I know a man who behaves like a cat. Oh. Rachel.level4 said, hairstylist. Getting on the topic of what we wanted to be when we grew up, I there was a very short time that I wanted to be a hairstylist. Really? Like, like I'm legit? talking 30 minutes. That's oh. how long I wanted to be a hairstylist for. <laughs> That's... Well, I'm glad that you figured that out so yeah. quickly. <laughs> wow. How about you? Well, I actually wanted to be an actress. <laughs> and fun fact, I hate being in front of the camera. So I don't know where where I thought that was a good idea. But <laughs> I learned. I figured it out. So we're here. And I'm still in front of a camera. And I don't love it. But it's okay. <laughs> She's doing it. I'm doing it. I remember I wanted to be a tennis player once why were you not on the tennis team uh because i mean i guess we had it when i was graduating but i couldn't ruin my reputation by (laughs) playing tennis poorly oh poorly not because of tennis no not because of tennis no (laughs) 
And we do have a tennis team. We do. In case you're wondering it exists. That. We need guys. Please join. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they'll disappear. Oh. The tennis team will disappear. <laughs> tennis team. Like when I wanted to be a magician as a kid. Oh. That disappeared not as quickly as the tennis or hairstylist dream. Okay. That's, I guess, <laughs> I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh. Coming up is an interview with uh, the one and only Ashley Vang. So enjoy. Hey guys, uh, today we have a guest who is a staff member uh, who wears multiple hats around campus, <laughs> none of which are top hats, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I guess we'll let that pass. So we're here with Ashley Vang. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So explain to our viewers and listeners what those hats are. Yeah. So um, first and foremost, I work full-time on campus um, as the Assistant Director of Facility Services. So as you guys know, you see me around campus quite a bit with our students. And so I help manage and they help us make it look nice, uh, attractable, and, and just making sure that, you know, things are going well in, in, in the restrooms and the dormitories, um, in the dining halls, that sort of stuff. And then the other side to that hat of that full-time position is I help manage a lot of our events that happen on campus. Mm. So event coordinating, um, scheduling, Google Calendar. I know we've talked about that a lot this year. <laughs> um, so yeah, you could see me doing those things, um, at least on a full-time basis. Um, and then I also coach women's basketball. So um another one of those hats that, you know, I've been wearing for a couple years now and I just love it. In total, how long have you been working at Grace for? So I, I want to say it's three years. I know I always feel like it's a lot longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in total it's been three years, at least in a full-time capacity. Um, I just completed my fourth season here for basketball though. Okay. So I was actually, I actually got hired on as an assistant coach in the, let's see, it would have been, I think it's the 18, 19 season. Mm-hmm. So I, I actually got hired on doing that first. And then it wasn't until 19 of end of January and of February that I got hired on full time um, to, to assist with the housekeeping and scheduling portion of things. So it's feels like forever, but I think number wise, it's three, maybe four. Being the basketball coach, mm-hmm. season just ended in nationals. Yeah. Not necessarily the outcome you wanted, but the outcome right. you got. Yeah. Uh, looking back on the season, uh, what were some highlights? for you and the team yeah. and what are you looking forward to for next year? Yeah. So, I mean, this year was, I mean, uh, it was, it was definitely a learning year. You know, it was my Mm. first uh, year as a, as a first time head coach in college basketball. So that was its own battle um, Mm -hmm. in its own way. But, you know, our, our players are great. I mean, they come together major some of our major wins this year that I want to just kind of highlight or you know we beat Cornerstone for the first time in history Um, that was big time for us Mm -hmm. we got to do that at home here and so we got to do that we played Spring Arbor and it was kind of funny because I I didn't even know this but going back now uh, we beat Spring Arbor for the first time in school history as well yeah so two NAIA schools that are in uh, the WAC conference that you know, we were able to beat. And then um, another notable win, you know, we played Kalamazoo College, which is a division three school. Um, and, and that was, that was a nice win too. So some big time wins for us. We definitely had a tough schedule. I mean, we had mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan, a division one team. 
And I then, yeah, so some some of the best teams in each um, division or league, you know, that, that we, we are putting our team out there to go and try to get better, improve, and learn some things and, and get some good experiences out of it. So one thing that I, I love as a coach and, like, being able to see that this year and watch us just go through adversity and challenges and, um, like, like you were saying, you know, we didn't, we didn't get to end the season the way that we wanted to. Um, we lost in the regional finals by two. Ironically, we, we beat them by two in the regular season. So <laughs> it kind of sucked, but mm. you know, we were, we, we played hard all year long and we got that at large bid, which got us to nationals. So, mm. um, went down there, competed well. I thought, I thought we were prepared and you know, it's like we were saying earlier, someone's got to come out a winner. And, mm-hmm. and we didn't get where we wanted to be, but you know, some notable things for next year is again, the experience down there is just, uh, it's, it's amazing. I mean, you get to mm-hmm. know players and coaches, you get to do a Christian service project down there. You get to meet players and coaches from other States and, and you get to know them on a different level. You get to see a lot of basketball, which is always mm-hmm. good. And then on the basketball side of things, you, you get to really see, um, why these teams are here right mm-hmm. and, and you want to you want to think that these are the the best eight teams of of the league and that's why they're here and so uh just being there in that presence and being able to play against them um at least allows me as a coach and our coaching staff to think and say okay these are the things that i need for next season these are the mm-hmm. things that i need to i need to recruit i need to teach this i need to do this um and that's got to change so that next year we can continue to compete at a national level mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about like where you where you started from, like from your childhood through your life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, I'm the second youngest of seven kids um, and my youngest brother is 25 now. Okay. Um, so he's 25 and he's the baby. And so I'm the baby girl of our family. My ethnicity, my nationality is Hmong and we categorize under the Asian Mm-hmm. category. And so my my parents actually are originally from Laos. They're from Laos. I had a few siblings that were born there, but myself, my youngest sibling, and then my sister that's older than me, uh, we were born here in the States. Mm-hmm. So born in Saginaw, Michigan, ra- born and raised. And then we did, you know, we did some moving around. You know, we had a big family. So my, my mom took care of us for a big chunk of our, our life um, mm-hmm. while my dad was working. And then uh, we, we made a move from Saginaw to Waterford, Michigan, and started going to school there. That was in, I mean, first grade. So I was in, I was there from first grade to, to seventh grade. And then once we got older, my mom started working. And so then we were there for a bit and decided, hey, we, we need a big house. We need a bigger house. My parents liked land and all that sort of stuff, wanted a farm. And so mm-hmm. we moved out to Davisburg. And then a uh, small little town, but ended up attending Holly High School, if you've ever heard of them. They're right next to like Grand Blanc, Clarkston, that area over there. Okay. And so uh, I was there from eighth grade through through high school. And, you know, I started playing basketball when I was in fifth grade. And it was always a battle because like, especially in the Asian household, it's always, mm-hmm. uh, are you going to be a doctor? Are you going to be a lawyer? Are you going to be, you know, like, what are you going to do with your life? And, mm-hmm. and what's going to make you money? Because, you know, we come from a background of my parents aren't, they're not college graduates. They're not making a ton of money. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're working at factory jobs and trying to take care of all of us. And so, you know, their, their sense of worry is how are you going to uh, make a living? Right. Mm. Um, and so education was huge. I mean, education was huge for all of us. 
So anything that wasn't really education, it was extracurricular was, is that going to help you? Is that going to help you make money? Mm -hmm. And and that was just the mentality because my parents struggled and, and they didn't have the college degree, didn't have all those mm -hmm. things to um, help them. You know, they barely spoke English, you mm -hmm. know. So, you know, they, they pushed us pretty hard, you know, to, to do well in school. And it, it took a while. I mean, it takes some convincing thing. Thank God I'm, I'm the second youngest in the family because I had a few of my siblings go through um, hardships with my parents mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that I could be where I'm at right now. You know, mm -hmm. they might have taken a thousand no's and then I might have taken five no's and then got a yes. Okay. So, you know, I was fortunate enough and my siblings were, were always very supportive in like, hey, like we should let her play like she's good. And mm -hmm. not only is she good at playing but like her coaches like the coaches are coming to you to us and so and and i never even thought anything of it i was just playing basketball at recess with my friends mm -hmm. and they were like hey do you do you want to play on the team and then one thing led to hey do you want to uh play travel basketball and silly me i'm thinking travel like we can't travel in basketball mm -hmm. like oh. <laughs> you gotta dribble you know and because i'd never heard of it right yeah. and so mm -hmm. i'd never heard of it and uh i know it's kind of funny but um I think back to it and, um, you know, they, they got me into AAU basketball and again, being from a big family, you know, my parents were just, you know, they did all that they could and it was always hard to afford. So not only was it the challenge of what is basketball going to do for you, mm -hmm. right? In life too, it was, we can't afford it. It's too expensive. And, and who's going to take you here? Who's going to take you to practice and, and all that sort of stuff. And so that was kind of like my childhood. And, and as I like, improved, gotten better, um, got support, not only from my siblings, but coaches and friends. And, and honestly, the Hmong community started to mm -hmm. notice because once I got into high school, you know, they do articles and, you know, we had local, not just family members, but local friends and Hmong people that were like, whoa, like we see an article here, like, and, and they reached out to my dad and they're like, can we help sponsor her in any way? Because, mm -hmm. you know, they owned a restaurant. And so I think it kind of helped clicked and it kind of helped uh, contribute to them saying, ah, oh, well, maybe she is, you know, doing something. And so, um, it really wasn't until my senior year that my family was starting to understand like, oh, well, my parents at least like, oh, maybe she could go to college and play. Um, and I didn't know any of those processes. So I, I mean, I had, I had siblings that had gone to college, but they didn't play sports to go to college. Mm -hmm. Right. So we didn't know what that meant. We had no clue about, that if you were good at a sport, you could possibly get scholarships to go um, and play and get your school paid for and all that stuff. And so once we kind of got there, you know, my parents were like, oh, well, let's go on visits. And so, I mean, long story short, I, I didn't play college basketball, but I, I really wanted to get back into the game and and to pay it forward. Mm. Um, and, and for all the coaches, my siblings, my family members, aunts and uncles, cousins, friends, all the people that helped me, like that's that's one reason why I coach today is because hmm. I want to be able to help people too. Just going off what you ended there, just one of the reasons why you're coaching today. Um, from your experience as a player, mm -hmm. what are some of the things that your previous coaches taught you or taught you and your peers that have stuck with you mm -hmm. and have influenced your coaching style? Yeah. Um, I, I love that question because I just, it's funny because I think back to like my high school coach and, you know, I played varsity four years and um, he actually just came out to our game when we went over to Ann Arbor and played Concordia. So oh, he's gone out to a few of my games now um, since I started coaching college and he goes, 
man, I, I just miss coaching you guys and all that stuff. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? And I was like, I do. And, and then he was kind of giving me advice like, hey, you should run this drill to help you know, you sh- t- mm. to help you guys hang on to the ball, to help pressure, all that sort of stuff. And I look at him, I was like, you have no clue. You have no clue how much of the things that I use from when I played, mm. you know, um, from when I played for you. And so, you know, my high school coach, Dave Hall, I mean, he was he was a great, great guy, not just not just a coach, but, you know, he, he did a lot of things for me that, you know, I still do today. I still reach out to him. We still mm. talk. Um, we still talk ball. He'll come out. He'll visit. We'll get dinner if he's golfing on this side of the state. And so we, you know, he he's done a lot for me. And he was one of those guys that really went to bat for me, both on and off the court. And mm. and so some of that I, I take from him and I say, you know, like a coach isn't just a coach. You know, a coach is someone that, you know, they, they say the quote is that um, a coach will impact more people than the normal person would in a lifetime right Mm -hmm. and uh and i truly believe that and so and then i have an aau coach tom mcmahon who um i mean he he was a great guy i mean when i when my parents couldn't afford to send me to aau all that sort like he was the one helping or he was Mm -hmm. the one helping fundraise or he was the one driving me to practice and and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and so you know where i am today is is because of that like people helped me like god placed people in my life to help Mm -hmm. me and not not one person ever said you owe me this. And uh, in fact, you know, I just I remember the term pay it forward. Like one day, just pay it forward, and mm. not just pay it forward to my kid or someone that I know, but just pay it forward. And that stuck with me. And so, you know, if anyone asked me today, like that's that's the reason why. And and you know, I've I've had a lot of coaches, but those two are the ones that really really stick out to me. So along with that progression through your life, through learning more about the sport, participating in the sport, getting this uh, desire to coach based on, you know, your personal experiences, plus, you know, the the mentorship of coaches before. When did you first commit your life to Jesus? And, and how did that, how did that go along with those other progressions in your life? I, I actually grew up in a family that, you know, like my parents still don't know Christ. They still haven't mm. accepted Christ. Now, I, I believe that God is working very hard in my family because every single one of my siblings have have married into either into or married someone that was a Christian. Wow. Um, and, and the ones, well, half of us have become Christians since. Hmm. Um, so growing up, you know, my parents, they actually let us go to church because my grandparents went to church. So we went to a Baptist church and uh, they let us go to Sunday school, do all those sort of things. But I mean, we were so young and we also didn't live in a Christian household. So it's like you didn't really know much. You didn't really know much about trying to grow your relationship. We knew that there was God. We knew that we prayed. We knew that we did those things. Mm-hmm. And it was every Sunday. And then when we moved to Waterford, we were further away from my grandparents now. And so then we we didn't go to church anymore. Um, and then when I started dating Dan, uh, who's my husband. Shout out uh, to Dan. Yeah, shout out to Dan. Uh, <laughs> nine years, 10 years at the end of March here. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, he he came into my life and, you know, his, he grew up in the church. So, mm-hmm. you know, God strategically, you know, got, you know, got us and we met and, and now we're together. And, and so he's a huge reason why I've come to Christ. And so, um, you know, I think there's a lot of battles in between there, but he, he's the one that really kind of, okay, like there's, there's more than just, I believe in God and 
I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And there's sin and there's all this sort of stuff. I mean, when I say relationship, like he is the one who brought me to it. Mm. And, and I mean, it's just, it, it's a great story. And like his, his parents have been, you know, alongside me the entire way, you know, mm. and I just remember us having the conversation of getting married and mom, my mother-in-law was just like, you know, are you, are you going to get baptized? But I do remember this conversation being very tough because I'm a baby, right? Mm. I'm a baby in, yeah. in, 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 in this entire process of, you know, believing in Christ and, and really trying to create a relationship with him. And um, I just like, I don't even, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I, I know what it means, but mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, and, and I don't know if I'm ready and do like, do I have to check off a bunch of things to be ready to be baptized? Do I have to, you know, all this sort of stuff and, and, and accept Christ into my life and, and all this stuff. And, and so then, you know, I just, I just remember, cause my husband was there in that conversation. I remember us leaving that conversation and I was just confused. I didn't know what was going on. And all my husband said was like, I don't want you to get out of that conversation that you have to get baptized tomorrow or that you have to accept Christ tomorrow because my mom said so, you Mm -hmm. know, like this is your journey and, and you have to pray about it, but you have to also want this. And so I, I just remember that conversation and it felt really good and comforting to me that like my husband who has put Christ first in his life says to me, like, this is your journey. Like don't force anyone to, make you believe in something or to, uh, uh, push you into doing something when you're not ready. And, you know, I, I did, I prayed a lot about it. Um, and, and we lived in Akron for a little bit for about a year and a half when this all happened. And then we moved back out here, um, to Allendale and I finished school at Grand Valley. And we, when we moved back out, we're trying to figure out, Hey, like we need to find a church home. And so then my cousin, she, she attended, uh, North Point Bible college, Hmm which I think is um, intertwined with Grand Rapids first. Yep. So there's too many North points that sometimes I get the names <laughs> wrong. So she was like, Hey, you need to come out to my church. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's go. And, and so um, I remember our first trip there and it was, I mean, it was, it was like the second best feeling to when I got baptized, when I chose, Wow. like I, I, get, I went there and I just felt like um, everyone was so welcoming um, the environment I walked in, everyone shake my hand, you know, say hi, everything, sit down, introduce yourself. Um, and, and, you know, I just, all I, I just remember this specifically was like, I was looking out cause I'm sitting in the back, of course, right. <laughs> sitting in the back and everyone is just worshiping, praising, and some are on their knees, some are at the podium, some are, you know, we have this amazing band that is up there that is just, praising God with a gift that he has given them, you know? And like, I just cried. (laughs) I just cried. And I'm just like, I don't know why I'm crying, but like, this is so amazing to see like these people come together and just like give their life to God and, and to be so vulnerable. And so, I mean, that was the one time that, you know, I, I was like, well, this is, I like this, you know? And then from there, you know, I remember pastor Sam was talking about small groups. And so then ended up getting myself involved with small groups Um, met a lot of great people there. And um, so that would have been in like August. And by the time November came around, right before Thanksgiving, they were doing baptism. And it was just like, I don't know, two or three weeks before, but I was, I was just telling Dan, I was like, I think I'm ready. Like, 
I just like there, there's a whole different sense, a whole different feeling. Like, mm-hmm. like I, I just want to commit myself to God. I want to accept him into my life as my Lord and Savior. So, I mean, uh, long story short, um, you know, that that's kind of how it came down to. And and it was it was hard, but like the best decision of my life. So you mentioned that you moved back into the area and then you came to Christ. So how did you find out about grace? Yeah. So um, along with this is it all ties back to kind of like my story. My testimony is during this time, I'm still in school at Grand Valley. And Mm. so um, crazy thing is my senior year last semester. So for a lot of our seniors right now, right now is when I was rethinking everything in my life. (laughs) I mean, mean, my husband thought I was crazy because, um, I I went up to him one day and just like, Hey, we need to talk. Like, I don't know if I want to finish my degree in business. Like, you know, and, and I had just, I didn't just start my journey, but when I started going to church at Grand Rapids first, you know, I really started my journey with Christ and then now trying to figure out my purpose in life. Mm. And so you know, of course, I'm I'm reading all these books now and The Purpose Driven Life, if you guys have ever heard of it. Yeah, yes. we, were, we were literally talking about that today. Okay, yeah. The Purpose Driven Life. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, that, that book really, like, opened up my eyes and trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do with life? Like, you know, and so anyways, uh, you know, that kind of brought me to a point where I was, like, trying – I was really into CrossFit. And so I was like trying to own my own business because my family are, are family members of uh, everyone owns their own restaurant or some kind okay. of business. And so I have that entrepreneur like mindset too, like, oh, like this is what I have to do or this is what I want to do. And so uh, I got I really got into CrossFit and all that stuff. And I really wanted to open up my own box. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I'll use my business degree, all that sort of stuff. And then God was like, boom, no, like as you're working to figure out your purpose, like, you know. I, I gave you a gift and it, not that it wasn't playing basketball, but it was people helping, teaching, all that mm. stuff. And so then as I'm figuring all of this out, you know, it pops into my head like, hey, you should change your major to sports management because sports, like like you love sports and you love basketball. So then I didn't do it. Um, I talked to my advisor and he talked me out of it and he said, hey, if you want to be a coach or athletic director one day, like business is very marketable. And so um, you know, I went to school for the next two, three months and then, and then I, you know, I finished up with my business and supply chain management and I didn't change. But what I did do with that was, you know, I nixed the whole box, you know, CrossFit box and I got back into coaching. Hmm. So then I got back into coaching and I started coaching, um, a local, um, AAU team, um, Michigan basketball Academy, fifth graders. At the same time I was coaching, um, uh, the club team at Grand Valley's um, at, on Grand Valley's campus for women's basketball. And so I coached, I went to school full time, came home and then I was done by like five o'clock, went to practice from six to seven thirty with the fifth graders. And then nine to 11, when I'm back in Allender, I was practicing with our, our college players. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I quickly noticed that uh, I just, I have patience, but not, not that much patience for fifth graders. <laughs> um, and, and the youth and I, I didn't like that I had to tell them 20 times how to hey go do a layup you know and, and the attention span and so but I, I am thankful for that because I think that was an avenue that God showed like hey this is where I do need you this is where I don't need you mm. um, so then you know I coached the college kids and I really really liked that 
really liked. And I have a mentor, um, and he helped me with that too. And he's like, Hey, these are the things that you should do and all that sort of stuff. So he kind of helped me. And then, well, then I reached out to my boss who is, who, who is the director of Michigan basketball Academy. Well, she coached CB's daughter. Oh, okay. yes. And so I just said, Hey, if you know of anything, know of anyone, he's like, she's like, actually, uh, you know, <laughs> I know someone that just took a college coaching job and he's looking. So sent my number off to him. And, uh, you know, we started talking and, and that's how he kind of brought me on board. So, wow. um, you know, and, and between, I, I had heard of Grace Bible College once, and that was through a mutual friend because I think she attended here a long time ago. Hmm. Um, and she wasn't even like a friend of mine. She was just an, uh, a mutual friend of one of my friends. Mm-hmm. So then I've heard of Grace before that. And so then, you know, when the, I had the opportunity to interview, you know, I did a lot of researching on Grace and seeing you know, is this where God wants me to be? And, and, uh, you know, the values, the morals, the vision, the mission, everything. And, and I thought it was, um, a great fit for me if I, if I got the opportunity to. Mm -hmm. Well, we are blessed to have you here for (laughs) many reasons. I appreciate cleaner facilities, great basketball team. (laughs) I'm selling Ashley right now, (laughs) except she's already here. So, uh, you became the head coach a little over a year ago, is that? Yeah, so I took over in at the end of January last last okay. year. Okay. Yeah. Um, before we started recording, um, you mentioned that you're like the only female Hmong basketball coach, sports coach. Yeah, so uh, I've never looked it up. I've I've heard it from a lot of people, um, and per- quite honestly, I don't know that there is another mm. Hmong female that uh, coaches women's basketball, at least mm-hmm. at the college level. I okay. should say, yeah. Um, and and when you're in the coaching world, you you kind of get to know a lot of people, a lot of things, and um, to my knowledge, and to other people that have mentioned it to me, because I didn't know that before. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that's that's what they're saying. So <laughs> wow, that's. That is amazing and awesome to see. So with being a female coach of a minority, were there any struggles going into this head coach position, either like ones that were evident or ones that you were thinking about or things you were nervous about? Yeah. So, I mean, as soon as it wasn't even just like the head coaching position when I put Mm -hmm. in for it, it was really like the assistant jobs too. So any job that you're trying to tap into, at least in the coaching world, um, you know, it's, it's, it's its own beast, um, and its own different industry. And I just remember, you know, a couple years ago when I started this journey, it was how in the world am I going to get in? Because mm. when, when I went to these conventions, when I'm learning about what different people and their journeys are, it was, uh, you coached at a high school for a really long time. Um, you knew somebody, uh, you played college basketball, and, and really, those are like the three main things, right? Um, and so I'm thinking in my head, like, I'm none of those. Mm. And I'm a female. And I'm Hmong, you know? And so I'm thinking, wow, the, I feel like the odds are definitely, like, against me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I do this? And so um, obviously, you know, I think I think some of it was – I don't like to say luck. I know I say luck, I, but I know that, like – you know, God has this planned exactly the way that he wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if, if we're talking in conversation, like I like to say luck sometimes because it kind of just, it fell in the way that it did. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I had a great opportunity from CB when he brought me on board and it was never about, 
Um, did you play college basketball? Did you coach X amount of years? Um, what can you, what, what experience do you have? What can you bring to the table now? And can it make us better? Um, and, and I was very thankful for that. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, to have that opportunity, was there definitely doubts in my mind where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get it. Absolutely. Even, even with me already being the interim head coach or being on staff before it was, do I have what it takes? And Mm so, you know, my mentor and a bunch of coaches and they'll tell you is before I had any coaching job, college coaching job, they always told you always be ready always be ready, always be ready. You just never know what's going to happen. And of course you you sit so long in a season of waiting that you're like, yeah, well, when is that coming? You Mm -hmm. know? And when the assistant job came, I was just like, whoa, okay. Like I I guess I'm ready or I have to be (laughs) right. Um, And then, and then when the interim head coach came and then when the head coach position came, it was, well, I have to be ready. Right. I have to be ready. And so, yeah, I mean, definitely had some doubts and thinking that some of that stuff could could hinder me getting into the business. And and even in, in the NAIA level and the NCAA level, um, I, I still think about some of that stuff. You know, it doesn't matter where you're coaching or where you're trying to go into, but it's definitely still something like on my mind where it's like, wow, like how how in the world, you know, did mm-hmm. I get this? So just one last question before we we end our interview here. What would be one piece of advice that you could give to, you know, a college student, maybe even a recent grad who they're not playing, they're not necessarily playing ball after college, but they're considering coaching or there's an opportunity. Um, what advice do you have for someone like that? Yeah, I get, I get asked this quite a bit and I feel like I always have a few things to say about that. One, don't do it for the money Um, because when you're starting off, it's not going to be there and it's going to take a lot of um, patience and understanding and to know that you're putting a lot of time into something that those money signs, you're not, you're not seeing that come in. Um, And if, if you really want to, to do this, you have to understand that there's a lot of sacrifices with, with time, with your family, um, uh, with your friends, um, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I, I would, I would personally say if you want to pursue coaching, why not? You know, why not? It, it's something that you've loved your whole life and, and, and you've played to this level. And if you want to continue giving back to the game, it, it, the same way that you put your heart into the game playing, put your heart into it coaching. But you you do have to understand that there's there's a huge difference between being a player and being a coach. So those mm-hmm. roles. But you know, I always say dream big. And if you if you want to coach, um, know that it's going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, but don't ever tell don't don't ever let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Is is what I like to tell my players. Well, thank you, Ashley, for joining us on this interview here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, our pleasure. We will have another guest next week to look forward to. All right. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and tune in next week for our next guest. Thank you for listening. See you next week on the Listen Up podcast.